a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. Fall, it's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Yeah. Hello. Nice just, to have you with us. It's just not the same without Vicar. You know? It's like... <laughs> I'm depressed, too. <laughs> <laughs> you need In a Vicar good back. kind of joyous way. Can we get him on the phone? Hey, yeah, Vicar, sure if you're calling call or if you're listening, call us at 1-800-385-SOLA. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he, we, we can oh, have, when do we when do we get that phone number? Uh, <laughs> for a while. Uh, I don't, don't you think we should get weekly updates about what's going on at the seminary from your Yeah, room? what's happening over there, Vicar? Evan, poor Evan misses his seminary days. Uh, yeah, you when kinda, Evan was in seminary. You missed your seminary days, weren't you? Uh, changing diapers the whole the whole time. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Everybody was like, everybody's at Gabutlakite saying, "Where's, where's Wolf Mueller? Oh, he's probably changing diapers." Again. Oh yeah. <laughs> How do you say that? Yeah, you you wouldn't know about that. It's it's when they stand around and drink beer. You wouldn't know about that. No. Okay, well, in today's show, uh, luckily we're getting lumpy on the show, so you will have some relief from Pastor Wolf Mueller a little bit Barely. later in the program. And then name that church council. That was one of those games you thought would never again see the light of day on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Why are we doing that one again? Oh, oh, it's our Catholic Outreach Program. <laughs> C-O-P, Catholic Outreach Program, which is, we have our Reformed Outreach Program, that's the ROP. I think that R-O-P. was going pretty successfully, by the way. It is, indeed. And the way that it works is we mock the Calvinists, and they come flocking. So we're trying to we're trying to capture this, you know, bottle it up, make a program out of it. So we have our C-O-P, Catholic Outreach Program, which is to give some grief to the Catholics, and hopefully they'll become Lutheran that way. <laughs> I mean that that assumes that they're listening in the first place. I mean there, there is a big indeed, but like a moth drawn to a fire is a Calvinist <laughs> drawn to insults. So hopefully that's true. We're just trying to capture some of the magic, you know, bottle it up. Well, we'll find out soon enough, and then we're gonna play "Meet My Neighbor, the Cult Member." So um, that's our C M O P Cmop Cult Member Outreach Program. Ha! Uh-huh. So. All right, we're just a bunch of insults on Table Talk Radio. But Indeed. First, we're gonna Theology do through insults. Table. We're gonna do some. Hold on, uh, I'm gonna write that down. Words. That's a good pamphlet idea. See, oh. When have you ever thought of a pamphlet idea for Table Talk Radio? Theology by. I mean, I I want to do this uh, book, uh, learning theology through jokes. If only I could think of a joke. 
And then, but this would be this companion vol- volume: learning theology through insults. <laughs> through in look for that. That's copyrighted, by the way. Look for that and from CPH forthcoming. <laughs> hey, we haven't mentioned lately that how much we love, I love CPH. CPH. Yeah, okay. I do. All right, so buzzword. I have a buzzword for you, and I'm that ready. is ransom. Now, Rans- when we think of ransom, we usually think of like the kidnapper, right? But that that idea isn't so far from the truth. Really, the the definition of uh, of ransom is a a payment that is demanded um, for the release of a, pri- of a of a like a prisoner or something. Um, so now we are in uh, prison because of our sin. We have transgressed against God, and we are now bound by sin, born under uh, under the flesh, under under the law. And then um, uh, we have this wonderful passage. Hey, do you want to play a quick round of New Testament, B? Yeah, sure. Where is the word ransom found? Um, would that does that count? Is that how we play that game? I thought you had to read a verse. This is the one word clue: mm-hmm. ransom. That's why I said Christ a quick. Is our ransom? I don't know. Uh, Romans. No, we John, have we, John. First John. No. Strike two. Uh, first Peter. Strike three. Okay, you lose. Um, we have it uh, in the Gospels, both Matthew and Mark, where it says the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to give himself as a ransom for ransom many. for many. And then also First Timothy, which says, uh, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. I'm going to open up my super awesome Logos software. So Which I just purchased. Now, if you're if you're a Calvinist, when you hear all, you have to you have to pretend that it says the elect. Um, but uh, <laughs> but see, what was that? That was the uh, the Calvinistic hermeneutic. Didn't we do that one time where you were reading and I would give the Calvinist reading at the same time? <laughs> we just want to we want to pander to all is what we're doing here. Uh, but he, okay, so but his that point here the is that that <laughs> pandering Je- to the elect that Jesus see Jesus doesn't just pull out his billfold and pay the ransom. You notice that he doesn't just like okay here's the payment. He gives himself as a ransom. He is the ransom. He is the payment that is necessary to free the prisoners out of out of jail, um, out of out of sin and death. And so his blood uh, covers uh, our sins, and we are uh, we are we are free because of the ransom paid. Awesome. Like it. Okay. All right. My buzzword for you is sacrament. Uh, Luther describes uh, defines a sacrament in the Large Testament. And he says when the word in, joins in the Large Ooh. Testament really. He Sorry. wrote the Large Testament in the Large Catechism. Did did you hear? Did you get excited when you heard the logos uh, jingle? I ding, didn't hear it. Ding, I was pretty happy about it. You can turn that off, by the way. Uh, uh, now what was I talking about? You go the to Large file, Testament. Uh, oh wait, no file. Luther in the Large Testament options, talks about the definition general. of a sacrament, and uh, and he says when the word joins with a sign, sacramentist est. Man, he loves he, he likes to quote the uh, the old Saint Augustine about that. There you go, Saint Augustine says when the word joins the sign, feet sacramentum, and and Luther says that's the best thing Augustine ever said. Now we understand that a sacrament is simply a thing that the Lord has attached the promise of forgiveness to. Like water, that means baptism, or his body and blood, that's the Lord's Supper. So, there you go. That's it? Okay. That's it. Now, let's hit the email bag. Ooh. Man, I'm ready for everything but that. Of course. Well, When do you what, ever read an email? 
That's, I'd like to know. You got like two jobs on this entire show, and that's one of them. <laughs> Today I have to do everything. Well, number one is show me? up, and you're and, and you're not even doing good at that one. I need you to show up and read an email. Hey, I can't do that first one today. <laughs> well, all right, fine. Uh, let's see here. I've got a, I've got some emails now. Okay. Uh, my quest to eliminate all idolatry. Have we done this one? This is from Michael from Hagerstown. In this email is in response to show number two hundred four. What's today's show, by the way? Two fifteen. Have we talked? We've talked about this email, haven't we? I don't know. Uh, Where you talked about making an idol out of God's good gifts, particularly alcohol? Uh, yeah, we've read that one. All right, well, let me mark that as read. All right, uh, next email here. I have two questions. This is from Russ. A woman asked me, why did God increase pain in childbirth? Why did he do that? Near as I can figure, it was a punishment. She asked then, why do they still have pain if they're saved from sin? And I said, because we're saints sinners. What do you think? The only other thing I can think of is that, it, uh, that the curse is transmitted in childbirth uh, might not be right. Was Mary's labor painful? I don't think there's any mention of that anywhere. I'm I'm not sure I'm understanding the question. Okay. <clears throat> so why is the punishment for sin increased pain in childbirth? Uh-huh. Question number one. And then second question is, if you're saved from sin, why do you still have pain in childbirth? In other words, why would the Christian woman uh, still have pain okay. in childbirth? Let's... Third part of that question is, was Mary's labor painful? Oh, Okay. Ooh, I'll let you tackle the third one because I think you probably have an answer to that. Um, <laughs> uh, the second one, though, I think that not only is that question valid for uh, you know childbearing, but for really all things. You know, why does the Christian still die if he is uh, free from sin? Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that is answered in this. Uh, I guess he's getting at it with uh, the Satan sinner, justified in sinner uh, idea. That the fact of the matter is that though we have uh, the true and real forgiveness of sins, um, our flesh and and our body still carries carries that sin. Um, so that until the day we die, we uh, we will carry this the the resemblance of sin in our bodies. Now the wonderful promise then is in the resurrection. We are our our bodies are are, are resurrected. We are given glorified bodies uh, that are perfect without without the resemblance of sin whatsoever, and then pain will be no more. Um, but here in this life, we continue to, to bear the effects of sin, including pain and childbearing, including the sweat of the brow, and including death uh, death itself. Now, do you want to hit the first and third question in 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, perhaps it's because the way, the, um, you know, the way that God is going to redeem us is through childbirth. So that so, so that law and gospel always come right up next to each other, and here they do as well in childbirth. So we have the promise that the seed of the woman would destroy the devil. So you have the promise of the the Messiah in the childbirth, and the pain is connected right to it. So it's when you're in the in the most despair over your sin is when you're closest to the gospel and being forgiven. So I, I, that's just a guess. This, the third question was Mary's labor painful. Luther says that Jesus was born just like we were in every way, like like our births. Except without pain. <laughs> so Luther says, this is in his Christmas sermon, that Mary's uh, labor was not painful. I don't know. Take it or leave it. All right. That's Luther, at least. Uh, you can find that on your own. We'll be right back on Table Truck Radio, joined by Lumpy. Sing us the song. You're the piano man. Sing us the song. 
not a radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. And welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, Lumpy, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, good to be with you. So great to have you on. It's yeah, nice to have a little bit of a relief from Pastor yeah. Wolfie there. It sure is. Um, the guy's is he, always got a scowl on his face. Is he kind of grumpy? Is he taking care of? I mean, last time, last time the the vicar was on, he said that he's just kind of he's just kind of given up and didn't care of himself. Is he? Wolf Mueller? Yeah. Look, I'm a I'm a theological investigator. We aren't exactly known for hygiene. <laughs> All right. Well, what uh, what uh, is your task today, Lumpy? Pastor Wolf Mueller told me that he was accidentally listening to one of the past shows and said that on that particular show, I don't know what it was, but um, uh, we I was supposed to look up the uh, Salvation Army. Because someone called in from Canada with some church signs, comparing a Lutheran church sign and a Salvation Army church sign, right around Easter time. And we were supposed to, I mean, I, Lumpy, <laughs> so sorry, I forgot who I was there for a minute. Sorry, game face on. <laughs> I'm, now I'm back in character, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, because you just said so. That's uh, That's profound. That's what we call in the industry... An audible clue. You're not, you're not joining. You're, you're not going to go to the, like the community theater or anything, are you? And try and play like Hamlet or something? Because I would not recommend that. Pastor Wolfmuller might. Pastor Wolfmuller, I know this because I've investigated his past and know quite a lot about it. Oh, do tell. And, uh, when he was in high school, he was uh, in a production of um, what is that show with Tom Cruise and the Navy Top guy? Gun? And, uh, no, not not Top Gun. The um, A Few Good Men. A few oh good yeah, men. yeah. He played Cappy in A Few Good Men, and he he was so terrible that no they they had video co- recorded all of the shows, and none of those videos were ever found. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Is that the right one? You can't handle. Yep, that's right. I want the truth. He said, "That is Pastor Wolfmuller." Now, um, he so he was a very very bad actor. Huh. Now, see, I find that really surprising because based upon his performance here on the show, it's just been flawless. So I, it's hard for me right. to, to comprehend that. But please, it Lumpy, continue. Prof- it is a profound difference, isn't it? Maybe it's just not acting. Maybe that's why they call radio the theater of the mind. Because there's no acting in radio. Not anymore, anyways. Back, remember the old radio back then? They had Batman on the radio show? Yeah. They'd be like door knocking and, you know, they'd have like little... Making little sound effects right in front of the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyhow, back to the point, which was, does the Salvation Army teach, does the Salvation Army celebrate Easter? Well, I found, on the one hand, the doctrine of the Salvation Army. And the, and the, and the first point is that the Salvation Army believes that Jesus was incarnate and that he rose on the third day. So, uh, for example... Uh, um, well, here's some of them. We believe our first parents were created in a state of innocency, but by their disobedience, they lost their purity and happiness, and that in consequence of their fall, all men have become sinners, totally depraved, and as such are justly exposed to the wrath of God. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has, by his suffering and death, made an atonement for the whole world, so that whoever, uh, so that whosoever will may be saved. Uh, the whole world there meaning the elect. We believe that repentance... Just kidding. Do you get it? 
I heard you guys were digging on Calvinists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah. you were joining in the fun. We believe that repentance towards God... Oh, just well, maybe it doesn't say that Jesus rose. Jesus will come again, so to get there, he's got to have died, right? We believe there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. We believe that in the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures are united so that he is truly and properly God and truly and properly man. So, fairly evangelical. I mean, kind of bland evangelical stuff. So Now, what about Easter? Well, I did find on the Salvation Army blog. You ready for this? Is this the official blog? The official blog. It's called blog.salvationarmyusa.org. Okay. And it has the Salvation Army seal up at the top. And it says, Easter activities and a holiday message. As the holiday weekend approaches, the Salvation Army wishes you a very happy Easter. Many of our local units will be celebrating with special Easter worship services, so please contact your neighborhood Salvation Army if you're interested in attending. Several offices are also looking for volunteer assistance and food donations for Easter events and outreach, etc., etc. So, so the answer is, yes, the Salvation Army celebrates Easter. Good. They just don't have Easter bunnies ringing the bell outside Walmart. Ding, ding. They should maybe think about that. Ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should call them up. Okay. Do you have a number there? We'll get them. Um, 1-800-299-SOLA. <laughs> you thought I was really going to call them right here on the spot, didn't you? <laughs> Scared you. Yeah. D- did I say our number right? I mean, no. you guys' number right? No. 1-800-385-385. I said 285, didn't I? 385. Yeah. SOLA. SOLA. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Lumpy. Appreciate all the hard work you're putting into the show and all the show you prep and, and all that. Yeah. Glad to be here for you guys. Let me know what you need me to do next. What am I supposed to be doing next, by the way? Have we, I think it's supposed to be finding a watch for Pastor Wolfman so we can get to the show on time. Okay. That's, we'll do. That's your project. All right. Thanks, Lumpy. Uh, tell Pastor Wolfman it's time to play some Name That Church Council. Now, if memory serves correctly... Um, yep. I think last time we played Name That Church Council, we were playing uh, Trent or Vatican Two or Vatican yeah. One. Yeah, there were three options: Trent, Vatican One, or Vatican Two. Is that going to yeah. be how, how it goes this time too, or are we changing it up? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're making it up on the spot anyway. Right. You got one book. It's got them all in there. Just take your pick. All right. So we get to play pages for points. <laughs> <laughs> That's another game we've only seen once. <laughs> Did we try to make that thing work twice? Oh, maybe. Okay, so now how does this go? Now I think. Um, uh, how does it, I read you a quote and then you guess? Do is this the multiple choice one or is that the next one? Why am I so confused? You I'd... had me doing prep for all four games. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> uh, Where's Lumpy? I need Lumpy on the job here. So, I need Lumpy to start looking up some cults for me while so, I do this. Someone who was listening to what I just said said that there were three options, Trent, Vatican One, and Vatican Two. Okay, fine, fine. I, I think we it. also had a multiple choice for the cult. Multiple choice is good for me. Well, let's put it that way. Anytime I am the contestant of a game, it's multiple choice. All right, fine. Ready? Ready. All right. Now, the problem, part of the problem with this game is, I'm not quite ready. I just want to make this point here, is I can't remember which ones we talked about before. Oh, I can't either. Neither can the listeners, so it's no big deal. Go okay. ahead. Mm. Here we go. 
Um, if anyone saith, that means says, that the sacrifice of the Mass is only a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, or that it is a bare commemoration of the sacrifice consummated by the cross, but not a propitiatory sacrifice, or that it profits him only who receives, and that it ought not to be offered for the living and the dead for sins, pains, satisfactions, and other necessities, let him be anathema. anathema. Woo. Okay, so what this is saying is that the sacrifice of the Mass has to be then a propitiatory sacrifice. That is, that this uh, sacrifice that is going on at the Mass is actually atoning for for new sins. Sins that, would they, go so far, would they articulate it this way? Sins that were um, committed since the cross are now being atoned for in this sacrifice? Uh, that's what it Does says. Does that sound pretty accurate? All right. Mm. I think, just because of the language, this is sounding a lot like uh, the Council of Trent, because I know that the Council Trent. of Trent was a uh, particularly a response to the Reformation. Trent got together and said, we need to figure out what we're going to do. And these, uh, uh, well, the Luthers, but then really all the Conformed, um, you know, this, this kind of attacks uh, two sides here. Um, the Reform kind of took... Um, uh, the the uh, Lord's Supper in a different direction. Um, and here Trent condemns both. So I'm going to say the Council of Trent. You are right. Council of Trent, chapter... Oh, I don't know how to figure this out. Anyway, page 195. <laughs> so I get 195 points? Uh, sure. <laughs> Hundred, you get 195 days out of purgatory. <laughs> now, did you get that bit for the sacrifice for the also for uh, so the two, the two things that this is condemning, right? So first, it's condemning it's condemns everyone who says that the sacrifice of the mass is not a propitiatory sacrifice. That is, that it, it atones for and covers sins, etc. Right. Right. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing it condemns is anyone who says that it's only beneficial for the person who receives it. In other words, to get the benefit of the Lord's Supper, you have to actually be at the Lord's Supper and do what Jesus says, take and eat, etc. Uh, but but this is um, uh, also condemned. Look, you can do it for someone who's not there. Aha. It's crazy. It's weird. That's so, just a weird, weird sort of thing. And if you don't believe that kind of weirdo doctrine, then boom, anathema. I mean, Trent, remember how it is with the with the Council of Trent? It's like the, I mean, it's like these guys are sitting around and we got like 700 condemnations to give out. Anyone got any ideas of things to condemn? <laughs> I'm surprised that they actually they use one anathema on two false doctrines on this one because they got so many of them. It seems like they would want to spread them out a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, how does that play into the uh, teaching of ex opere operato? Because ex opera is it is that the buzzword? The today? Mere, Let me think. No, but uh, but this is the mere working of the sacrament is what is what uh, gains the forgiveness. So um, this is what Walther talks against. You know, yeah. I'll I'll let you review Walther during this uh, commercial break and uh, let you answer my question on the other side of the break. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Name That Church Council. Then after that, meet my neighbor, the cult member.
Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. In the 17th place, the word of God is not rightly divided when men are taught that the sacrament produced salutary effects, ex opere operato, that is, by the mere outward performance of a sacramental act. That is Thesis 21 in Walther's uh, Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. And here Do you what, think Walther had that background music running through his head while he wrote it? Um, <laughs> Probably. probably when he went crazy. Remember how Walter kind of had a breakdown? That's probably the music he was hearing. Yeah, probably had nothing to do with the situation in which he lived. Pac-Man on speed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, Thesis 20, 21. And what, uh, what Walter is condemning here is the idea that that by my work of going to the sacrament, then I am then I have thus earned forgiven by my work of coming coming to church. Remember, to the start. Catholic idea has this idea of merit, which can be transferred. So you know, I can ah. I can get some merit, and I can send it to you down there. So, I mean, you I'd get merit by going that. to this thing, but you can also get merit for someone else. So you ah. could go to the service and earn grace ex opere operato, and then send it up your way. You know. Now would that so, go all the way from Colorado to Oregon? Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. You merit great. crosses state lines. It's like uh Now what's the exchange rate from Colorado to Oregon? Uh, I mean you're <laughs> you'd probably have to do at least like forty good works to be to well, equal you know one ex- my good work. I, I tell you the exchange rate, where the exchange rate is huge is from earth to purgatory. I mean that exchange rate is nuts because you can, I mean, you can go and like do a Hail Mary and say a few, you know, go on a pilgrimage or something. And it's like thousands of years out of purgatory. You're like, man, merit, <laughs> merit does not go far in purgatory. This this ought to be going well for our Catholic outreach. COP. <laughs> COP project. COP. <laughs> P is the project. You can't say COP project. You have to say oh. CO project. Anyhow. All right, I'll, let's get to the next one, ASAP, as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> ASAP possible. <laughs> as ASAP. Okay, get to the next one. I want to get some more points. Teach and declare that by the appointment of our Lord, the Roman Church possesses a superiority of ordinary power over all other churches, and that this power of jurisdiction of the Roman Pontiff which is truly Episcopal, is immediate, to which all, of whatever right and dignity, both pastors and faithful, both individually and collectively, are bound by their duty of hierarchical subordination and true obedience to submit, not only in matters which belong to faith and morals, but also in those that appertain to the discipline and government of the church throughout the world so that the Church of Christ may be one flock under one supreme pastor through the preservation of unity both of communion and of the profession of the same faith with the Roman pontiff. (laughs) This is the teaching of the Catholic Church, from which no one can deviate without loss of faith and of salvation. That is the material principle of Roman Catholicism. Yes. Is material principle the buzzword? What is going on here? Your buzzword is sacrament. Quit using all these other fancy words. I get 500 points, by the way. 
You used it? Yeah. When? I was totally when I was, not paying when attention. When I was reading Walther. Oh. oh, yeah. Walther gets 500 points. All right, man. I am rolling in Table Talk Radio points. You only too have bad talk, Too bad Table Talk Radio points aren't transferable. The exchange, like one Table Talk Radio point on Earth is worth like a thousand Table Talk Radio points in Purgatory. <laughs> Uh, All right, back to our COPP project. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, now, so I've read you this quotation. Now we talk about it for a little bit. I I was just pointing out that this is the heart and center of Catholic theology. You, You look... If you think Rome is unified, you have got to go talk to two Catholic priests. I mean, I just implore you. I mean, you have... I I heard on, on some unnamed Lutheran radio talk show uh, recently yes. that... Uh, Were you listening to the God Whispers again? <laughs> Under your covers at night. <laughs> <laughs> My guilty pleasure. Don't tell anyone I listen to I, this I, I have it on in the office and the secretary mm. comes in and says, shut it off real quick. I love bacon. I was not doing anything. <laughs> you got bacon grease all over your face. <laughs> you have a kind of glazed over eyes. It's actually a different... Listening to the God unnamed. Whispers again. Bunch of empty bottles of aru. What's that South African thing they drink? I don't know. Anyway, anyway uh, the, it, it was a different unnamed radio Lutheran radio show. Anyway, they're say, talking about a uh, a Catholic church that gave communion to a dog. Oh, um, that's there, always fun. There's others who are trying to push women in the priesthood. I mean, if you think Rome is unified, you just got to go talk to a couple of them. Right. Um, but see, this this is the one thing. That all Catholics must agree on. I mean, you you can be uh, as Roman Catholic as the Pope, and if you don't, then submit to him. You are not Catholic. I mean, this is just <laughs> the funny thing. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you submit to the Pope. This is the primary teaching. I think this is going to be. Uh, oh, this could be. Trans- I'm going to say Vatican One. Uh, let's see here. The dogmatic dec- dogmatic decrees of the Vatican Council. Vatican One, it is. Woo-hoo! Ding, 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 ding. I'm dominating today. How many points Chapter do you three. have? I don't. I haven't had an option to get points yet. By the way, <laughs> nine hundred. I'm just bathing in table. Nine hundred points. You do not have. You do not start selling. I'm rounding up. That I'm, is I'm on page two hundred sixty-three. <laughs> you get two hundred and sixty-three points. You you're still losing to Walther. You have. <laughs> Walther doesn't get my points. He I, does I, get your point. point he, ca- table talk radio points are like the propitiatory <laughs> sacrifice of the mass. They he, also apply to the dead. If he could have read it on the air today, he would have got points. But he probably Walther is. <laughs> Anyhow, you have two four hundred and fifty-eight points, and Walther has five hundred. Getting gypped here. I mean, okay. if you want to say you and Walter are on the same team, which I would question. Of course we are. All right, give me one more, because I want to get to meet my neighbor, the cult member. All right. Uh, faithful ad- adhering to the tradition received from the beginning of the Christian faith for the glory of God our Savior. <laughs> That's Savior. Thank you. The exaltation of the Catholic religion and the salvation of Christian people, the sacred council approving. We teach and define that it is a dogma divinely revealed that the Roman pontiff, when he speaks ex cathedra, that is, when in discharge of the office of pastor and doctor of all Christians, by virtue of his supreme apostolic authority, he defines a doctrine regarding faith or morals to be held by the universal church, by the divine assistance promised to him in blessed Peter. 
is possessed of that infallibility with which the divine redeemer willed that his church should be endowed for defining doctrine regarding faith or morals, and that therefore such definitions of the Roman pontiff are irreformable of themselves and not from the consent of the church. But if anyone, which may God avert, presume to contradict this our definition, let him be anathema. Hmm. Okay. So this is talking about the infallibility of the Pope when he speaks ex cathedra. I think literally mean that means out of the chair. That's when he's speaking from his office as Pope. Um, so you, you know, you catch the Pope at the supermarket and you ask him how much the peas cost, and he says one forty-three, and you find that he's wrong. <laughs> you can't. Uh, it can't claim that. Uh, He's he's uh, going against this this teaching. Although you can say he's going against that teaching by reading the Bible. Um, but <laughs> so the idea is that that he speaks from the chair, uh, and he is now speaking infallibly, um, and that not even the church itself um, can trump trump what the Pope says. Now this is tricky because you have this anathema, and I know the anathemas are strong in Trent. But I was thinking this came out of Vatican One. I'm pretty sure it's not Vatican Two because it's not, you know, horsing around with the worship, you know, saying that we're gonna, you know, do something dumb. <laughs> that was Vatican Two. Hey guys, let's do some dumb stuff in worship. <laughs> All right. Sure. If anyone does not do dumb stuff in let's, worship, let's as see. decreed by the Sacred Council, let them be anathema. And let's see how many Lutherans we get to come along with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's all let's say this real nice, guys. Lutherans will love it. I'm I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick to my intuition and say that this is out of Vatican One. Indeed. Woo. Hey, Walt, are you working up swimming and table deck radio points with me? <laughs> Two hundred and seventy-one points there, bringing your total to twelve, six, seven, seven hundred and twenty-nine. If my math is right, that's like seven billion. Table Talk Radio points in Purgatory. <laughs> How many Table Talk Radio points equals one? You know, in one... Purgatory, Table Talk Radio shows are like 17 days long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never got this uh, merit exchange rate thing. Some Catholic can call up and explain it to me. Well, it's funny because uh, I had a, a friend of mine in seminary uh, who grew up in uh, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Pastor Finsky. Uh, he said that uh, when he was... Because, you know, they have this distinction between uh, venial and mortal sin, you know? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. venial sins are no big that. deal. And he said when he was going through confirmation classes in the Roman Catholic Church, the priest put, like, a dollar limit, like $10. So if you steal less than $10, it's venial. You spend, you steal more than $10, then it's uh, a mortal sin. And so he was wondering if, the, if that accounts for inflation. So now is it $20? <laughs> I mean, does, does that adapt for inflation? But. I don't know. They love thinking about this stuff. These priests, they sit around at night and think, you know, think about venial versus mortal sins. And yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, that is uh, all the time we have for name that church council. But don't worry. After this commercial break, we are going to play Meet My Neighbor, the Cult Member. Hey, give us oh, a yeah. call. One eight hundred three eight five Sola is the number. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Don't worry. More nonsense to follow.
Real Talk Radio. After a while, you just get used to it. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Brian, the prepared wolf mealer, is ready to play the next game. Meet my neighbor, the cult member. When was the last oh, time yeah. you prepared for a Table Talk Radio show? I can't remember. I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> get it? I get That's it. funny because you were asking me about being prepared, and I said I wasn't. It's funny because you're describing it like your, your school of hilarity. The funniest part is how you're describing it. All right. Um, how, how's We've the... had a lot of people, in fact, ask about the school of hilarity. Uh, most of you can't afford the tuition. Which is? I don't know. It's like $10,000 a day or something. I haven't exactly sorted it out. So. How's the waiting list? I mean, how long We're is We're catering for now? the very elite. So, I mean, I'm hoping, like, Jim Gaffigan's going to sign up and maybe... Uh, oh, he is so funny. Seinfeld. <laughs> I was watching him Brian the Regan. other day. <laughs> oh, God, he's talking about... Have you seen the the one where he's talking about how whales are depressed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's water weight. <laughs> I thought of you when he was talking about how nighttime at, at home is like a hostage takeover. You have to start negotiations. <laughs> is that true? Time to go to yeah. bed. Just go give me whatever you want. <laughs> Just go to bed. <laughs> oh man, that's funny stuff. You 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 only wish you could be a quarter of the funny quarter funny as those guys. Yeah, that's what you think when Jim Gaffigan enrolls in the school of hilarity, where every joke is explained. <laughs> See, that's funny because it's normally not funny when you explain jokes. Anyhow, the way this game works is <clears throat> I read something from my handy-dandy book of cults. In fact, I'm reading from Cults, Sects, and World Religions, which I was worried because it's by a Lutheran, so I thought reading from it might be violating a copyright, but it's published by Zondervan. So we're safe. <laughs> so I'm going to read from it, and then you should try to guess the cult. Now, the hard part of this game is trying to find a cult that you might have ever heard of. Now, wait, 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 wait. I think this is multiple choice. Are you going to give me multiple choice? Uh, maybe. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, I just put uh, best theology jokes on Facebook, by the way, and they're starting to pour in. Hmm. Except you... for the first one is not that all at all funny. Bob Hiller writes, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's why they're sad, you see. Yeah. That is not funny. Bob. <laughs> Hold on, let me write this here. Oh, come Bob. On. Even the Sadducees. funny. Even the Sadducees have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you ready for this? Ready. Sadducees. I'm going to write your comment here. Sadducees have feelings, <laughs> too, you know. Are you going to Are you going to cite me? No. Oh, you don't get plagiarism. credit on Facebook? Facebook plagiarism. I'm not worried about it at all. I'm, I'm going to call someone like that. Founded I'm by... Gonna, I'm going to call Paul McCain. <laughs> no, I give you. I can give you the number of the CPH lawyer if you want. Yeah. I love CPH. You have them on speed dial or what? No. Uh, Lao Tse, 604 to 331 B.C., is one of the three great religions of China along with Buddhism. 
and Confucianism. Though classified as a religion, it initially was a philosophy and did not become organized into a religion until A.D. 440, when it was adopted as a state cult. Okay. Um. Now, I'm going to skip the history part. I'm going to skip the organization part. Oh, that's all there is. Where's the doctrine part? Uh-oh. No, oh, that's all right. I'll get to it. Yeah, so so far I have no idea, and you're going to have to give me another one to... Uh to get anywhere on this. That's okay. Here's organization. There are many brown communities throughout the world because of its antiquity in multicultural settings. There's no single world headquarters. In the contemporary world, this is advocated in self-help New Age books with millions of followers. One revivalistic community of the Brown Restoration Society with headquarters in Honolulu, Hawaii. This organization is run by a board of directors which elects executive directors. This is not going to help you at all. What? Oh, oh, here, here, here. Oh, teaching. Yeah, here it is. Teaching. Mayor was born in China at a time of great intellectual activity. Confucius also lived at this time and developed his great system of thought. Lao Tse regarded the as the first cause of all reality. The total quest of the human race is to become one with the The transcends all matter in the universe. It lies beyond it, yet embodies the forms for the phenomenon that are perceived. This idea is somewhat similar to Plato's notion of the world of forms that are the archetypes of lesser realities in the universe. Got it? Ooh. Okay, I'm kind of tracking with it, but I, ooh, I, I have, I can't attach a, a, a name to this. Um, yeah, sorry. Go hit, one, hit me with one more. Reality, as represented in the macrocosmic macro universe, finds a correspondence in the specific life forms, particularly human. For example, human beings behave and function, act and react in much the same way as nature does. To understand humankind is to understand the structure of the universe. Microcosm, macrocosm. Blood, which is the fount of life, circulates through the body as waters of a river flow out from its source. Lao Tse had a cyclical view of history. He saw all that flows out and returns to its starting point. Life comes from non-life and returns to non-life again. Therefore, true wisdom becomes a matter of attuning oneself to the rhythm of the universe, which corresponds strictly to the rhythm of life. Five main orifices and organs in the body mirror the five directions, or as they are alternately called, the five parts of the sky or the five holy mountains. They are water, fire, wood, metal, and earth. Okay, so I am ready for my uh, choices and my multiple choice. Hold on a minute. These correspondences and rhythmic movements became characterized by the concepts of yin and yang. Hmm? Heard of that before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, hold on. i got to think of this. as I'll, I'll give you some different options. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready. Number one, Sufism. I mean, number A. I mean, letter A, Sufism. B, Taoism. C, Vedanta Society. I am going to go with option B, Taoism. You are right. Taoism, spelled Taoism. Yes, because you said Tao like seven times in that description. That was the giveaway. I said Lao Tse. Oh, Lao Tse. That's the guy who started the thing. Yeah. So it's is the name similar then? Lao Tse and Tao? No, Tao is the origin of the universe. Lucky for me. Were you paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) You weren't even listening. Nope, I figured I'd just get, I had a 33% chance of getting it. Yeah, that's right. You get 33 points for that. 
Uh, so what would be the uh, the giveaway of my neighbor? Um, what would I find him doing in his front yard? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, these Eastern religions are all kind of, they all seem like they run together to me. It's like when you go to the cafeteria and you get a plate and all the food just kind of, you know. <laughs> you go to the, the Indian or the Asian place and it's just kind of. They have different labels, but they all kind of look the same. Yeah, you got Buddhism and Taoism <laughs> and Confucianism and, I mean, even Hinduism kind of sits there. And, I mean, uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have another round for this? It is, by the way, wrong. I don't know if you wanted to mention that. Oh, yeah, this, this, is, this is wrong. That is true. Uh, you could see someone doing, I think the Taoist does, um, um, I don't know. I mean, yoga, I think, is connected to Taoism. Here's a, here's a comparison at the end here. The basic worldview of Taoism stands in contrast with the worldview of traditional Christianity. The latter makes bold claim to the fact that God is the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Christianity maintains that far from being an impersonal force, God is personal in Jesus Christ. In addition, Jesus did not merely philosophize about virtuous living. He claimed to be the one, the only begotten Son of God. And uh, in that all of the human race has fallen into sin and act of rebellion against the living God, Christianity places central focus on the person and work of Jesus Christ to atone for sin, etc. Okay. Okay. Um, good. I, I've, this is all new news to me, so I, I I can't help you out here. But we have two minutes or one and a half minutes if you want I'll to give try you another, another one. one. Yeah, I'll give you another one. Okay, here's this thing. They have different categories for their doctrine. Oh, here's one. In Rome, Jesus was divine in the same sense that all people are divine. According to Annie Besant, all men become Christ's. This is a common assessment of Jesus' deity among many religious groups. Okay. Humanity. Human beings consist of seven body parts. Body, vitality, astral body, animal soul, human soul, spiritual soul, and spirit. Humans are evolving individually and corporately in an extension of God. God's latent within all of humanity. As already observed, this is basically a Hindu concept that finds its way into many other religious groups, etc. Salvation. In Brant, people are saved as they seek to become conscious of the deep and hidden knowledge within themselves and the universe. Reincarnation is a process through which they adept, uh, the adept ascends the celestial ladder of knowledge to occupy an astral body. How's that going for you, by the way? Awesome. You want to guess on that one? Yeah, as soon as you give me the options. Here are your options. Theravada Buddhism, Transcendental Meditation, and Theosophy. <laughs> I'm going to go with A, um, Theravada Buddhism. Wrong. This is ah. Theosophy. Coming from the Greek word Theos and Sophia describes the quest of Theosophy and the application of wisdom to the quest for knowledge and divine matters. That's all right. I still got enough table talk radio points to throw a party. So um, if you're in the Rogue River area, come on over. We're going to have a table talk radio shower. Uh, <laughs> do give us a call, though. We want to know what you think. 1-800-385-SOLA or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. We're doing yoga to give points or time You've out of purgatory to for your radio. friends. The views expressed the on the show the are that of the hosts and do not reflect <laughs> the views or opinions of first. the station. We would like your oh, feedback man. on today's show. Call us toll free 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. 
You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.